ho, 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 happy new year, and all that good stuff. It's Jesse, back with a final edition of the Late Late Capitalism Show for 2020. Very special episode today. Before we get into it, though, quick content warning. As always, swears, racy content. One of the questions we're going to talk about involves kissing. So oh, if you don't like <laughs> kissing, no. now's the time to tune out. If you're still I, with I, us. I thought we weren't going to say the K word. That's right. We're going <laughs> Not the one deep, you were thinking of, folks. No, we're going yeah. into a deep K hole today. Kissing, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and this time I'm going to throw it over to the birthday gal. Woo, yes. Um, this is airing on New Year's, so very exciting. But we are recording it on my birthday, which 45 is... 45 years old. Uh, yeah. A little before New Year's. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't look yeah, a day I am, over 46. I'm 23. Exciting. Yeah, Ooh. she said <clears throat> She said she wanted to hang out with her favorite friends on her birthday. That so is that's right. Why we're that's what here. I'm doing. They weren't available, so we can <laughs> 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 We're the I'm, stand-ins. I'm Megan, by the way, so on my right is... It's... Uh, wait, ho ho ho, Tep. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's chance. That's kind of what Christmas Chronicles is about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that two-parter, <laughs> two hours of content about those movies. Yeah, we didn't really mean do. for that to happen. <laughs> uh, who who's talking in the I'm mic Dean right now? Also, hello, folks. Yeah. So so we're all here today, and as part of our. Uh, I guess it's three weeks long of us taking a break <laughs> from like the heavy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're topping it off with a New Year's special where we're doing a Q&A. We're going to be answering questions that people have been sending us. And uh, some of them are great. Some of them are wonky. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> We're also uh, going to be discussing some of our, our personal rivals. We are approaching one yeah. year officially as a podcast, although we did take about a five-week break at the peak of Kingston's quarantine. But we're coming very close to the one-year mark. So we're kind of going to go over like the year yeah, that it's was. It's a recap episode. Yeah, man. Yeah. Looking, looking back at it's our, like a hybrid. Yeah, it's a clip show. Looking back at our favorite boys. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No women. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Should we get this Q&A portion started? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I'd love to, to aid you right so with you. We reached out to our listeners on Instagram and email, and mostly Instagram, but uh, you guys sent us questions, which was very nice of you. So thanks for participating and giving us things to talk about. Mm. You're basically writing our content for us at this point. Yeah, yeah no, this is the dream. <laughs> Coast into the new year. <laughs> Let's start with uh, one that doesn't require much in the way of intellectual rigor. Uh, I'm not going to reveal the name of everybody that submits, but this one, submitted by Jesse True Artist. Ooh. Uh, which host is the best kisser? Hashtag daddy gang. Um, I was thinking about this. I was yeah. actually thinking about this. And Why? Uh, Jesse literally asked it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cheating question. This isn't a cheating question. This was uh, given this to us by a listener. As okay. well. <laughs> Literally the second the poll went live. I think there's only one clear answer. Dean. Oh, it's Jesse. John was also on our podcast for one episode, if you remember. That's true. Uh, so None I'm going to say have John. Kissed John so you I've never know. kissed John. Yeah, kissed no, Dean. yeah, we haven't. I would say of the mainline cast, excluding John... Uh, because he's only in one episode and he mostly just exists on the show to say nothing or to <laughs> yell at Megan. <laughs> yeah, we have, we've had yeah, a couple of guests me. this year yeah. that I forget about. Unfortunately, most of our guests, like one of our guests, their episode was just completely destroyed. That's true. Oh, the one yeah. involving oh. astrology. I'm going to argue it's me because I've got the ability to uh, suck the jelly out of a donut. 
Ooh, so, that's right. And that's hey, with like lips closed. So. Okay. Right. I, right. I have enough like torsion and sucking power to yeah. where I feel like triple I'm... digit lip orgasms. <laughs> right. I do have a funny story. My first kiss, I was very embarrassed, and then I we stopped. Were you kissing, kissing like and I a twelve year old? No, Dean. All right. We were both seventeen. I was a late bloomer. Okay. And then I pulled away, and then I was like, "That was horrible." And, <laughs> and then he was like, "What?" And then he went home, and he was really sad. And I was like, "Oh wait, I meant like." That was supposed to be self-deprecating, but it was mostly just insulting. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awful. That sucked. <laughs> I know. That. I was so embarrassed for so long. He ghosted me after that. So it's fine. Actually, I had sex before I kissed a girl. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah, I was that's like, trad. I was like 18 or something, and we dated for like six months, and we were doing the do the whole entire time, but not once did we end up kissing. It's a really weird situation. Wow. Dang. I'm yeah. saving myself. I think I knew people me. like for that kissing. in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the no kissing marriage vow <laughs> is, is a powerful one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's like the next level of no nut November. Yeah, I have to put on a chastity uh, mask. <laughs> That's what COVID was actually all about. <laughs> Yeah, he's got one of those full face masks, like from uh, Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got right. a it's got a lock on the side. Mm-hmm. Horrible. <laughs> uh, so that'd be my theory. I, I will. We now know about the kissing history of. Uh, Megan. So I'm going to go ahead and say maybe disqualifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you lose. Poor boy's life. Dean, that's yeah. mean. <laughs> <laughs> we know Bitch. Chance. Yep. He doesn't like to kiss and tell because he just doesn't like to kiss. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a kissing boy. But no. he loves fucking. I, I love the D. We have yeah. to respect that. And I, again, have never kissed anyone. So winner by right. default. That shit's gay. If, if Dean's it's eliminating Jesse. me, I'm eliminating Dean. Yes. <laughs> okay. so Jesse so does. Yes. Winner by default. Jesse wins. Jesse. <laughs> Two sweetest words in the English language. Default. Best kisser. That's true. Okay. This one also comes in from Instagram. How much do your parents make and what do they do? We all, we've mentioned this many times. So if you were a listener, you would know that everyone's (laughs) parents, both of our parents on every side are all jail guards. That's right. It's It's crazy. It's pretty horrible. Yeah. (laughs) My father was a guard. My mom worked in corrections as well. They're both now long retired. No way. They just collect pension, which is sick. Yeah. So uh, how much they make, I don't know, man. Whatever pension is, I will never find it. Average worker, soy face. Average pension receiver, Chad. (laughs) We should get my dad like a wig from that like uh, Persian Chad face meme. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. Big tight pompadour on him. That's That's sick. My my dad was like, I I call it the, the 80s scoop. (laughs) <laughs> because of the 60s scoop um, I, it, because uh, they used to go to reserves in, uh, in the 80s when they made it so that you had to have a certain amount of like minorities or indigenous workers Yes, and they used to just go to reserves and be like hey you're big you should work for the government so that's how he became a corrections officer he was like a nice. drywall mover and then he, <laughs> they were like you're a big guy you can be a corrections officer uh, he's been medically retired for three or four years now and then my mom was a uh, hairstylist stylist oh, so. sick. yeah and she's been retired for a while too yeah my i you asked me how much they make i don't know i don't really understand money or how it works but they're not not well off but yeah my dad was a ceo uh and still is <laughs> uh but he also uh, t- uh teaches use of force to Ooh. future ceos nice. uh, so uh any <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's sort of that's how that's going uh but uh my my mother does communications for another company that I'm not going to name because I don't want her to get fired. <laughs> but I I don't know what that means, really, doing communications. It seems like she hard. Talks, uh, she talks emails. to people. She, she like, makes, like, newsletters and stuff. Oh, okay, Who's to yeah. say? Right, uh, right. But, you know, 
Dope. Awesome. Your mom makes zines. That's cool. Yeah, my, my mom <laughs> makes zines about like profit motivation. Hey, or you, know, <laughs> you know what correctional officers make? A difference. <laughs> <laughs> Did your parents ever have the, the shirt that said, uh, I'm doing hard time too? Yes. No. Oh, yes. man. No, yes, I didn't. The, yes, my father certainly or did. Or at least if they did, I never saw it. Well, my dad would keep his ISIT gear at the house. Yeah. Uh, which is like the riot control mm-hmm. gear. And one time when I was a kid, my sister hit me in the head with his baton. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and it really, it really fucked me up. <laughs> that was the turning point. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now I have a podcast. Well, one final thing about my father as a CEO: uh, he shaved his beard into a goatee in 1998 to look like yes. Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right. That's classic. And uh, both my parents are managers, and they're bougie. And I'll get disqualified from being on this socialist podcast if I talk about it anymore. So well, that's it. <laughs> your father was a famous film star. Hey, Jesse's running bit is that my dad is uh, a porn star. I don't like it. It's because of my last name. That's right. Not fun. My dad used to have hair down to his ass that was braided, but then corrections officer made made fun of him so much that uh, he went home like within his first couple weeks and got my mom to shave it all off. Yeah, they'll do that. That's fun stuff, eh? Awful, awful, awful line of work. Yeah. Here's, Here's a little more serious, but still good. Uh, this submitted from a dear friend on Instagram. What made you become a leftist slash what radicalized you? Okay. Now oh, yeah. This is actually a very good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would like to start? Sure. I, I was reading through these questions and I was like, I don't even know my political identity. I really don't know anything about myself. But I I don't know. In high school, I was kind of like, oh, we should save the environment and like, I care about human rights and stuff. And then I went to university and they were like, hey, Canada is the worst actually for doing all these things. And I was like, oh, damn, that sucks. And I went through my degree and I started to get, you know, more and more angry. But I still like, I still have a lot more to learn. I don't really know that much about leftism in general, despite having this podcast. Like I definitely need to do a lot more research. Like I know where I stand on issues and like when I read about you know things that the government in the city is doing like I know what direction I want them to go in and like how I feel about each thing but I don't know exactly what my like political identity is yet so I being radicalized definitely like doing this with you guys has has changed me a lot but yeah I don't know just like reading and my degree and being friends with all you guys I think conversing is a huge part of it yeah I, my my point was uh, it was actually growing up on the res and and talking about like the foundations of like reservations where they come from what rights you're are like taking away just for like growing up on a reservation you know having a status card uh, and looking that at that every single day and when you hand it to people to verify that you're indigenous all of that kind of stuff just kind of built up to a distrust and just being upset and frustrated with the current situations that we're all facing. But definitely talking about it was a huge one. Me and my friends, like we were young and we were, I don't know, goofy, goofy young brains. But like we would sit around for hours and just talk about different uh, things regarding politics and like the history of politics and stuff like that for hours and hours because we were all losers. (laughs) But like, like I said, like when you start talking about it, I think it really comes out because you don't have time to necessarily think about what you're about to say as much as when you like write things down or stew on a thought. Mm. Like when someone presents you with something uh, and you have to react to it immediately, you kind of get your gut reaction, right? And it can be wrong, 
and you can come to terms with that later on. But I think it's a really good way to find out where you actually feel and or like how you actually feel about certain things. I actually have an addition to mine too, which I feel like the internet is obviously going to be a big part of all of ours, but being on Tumblr in high school, I know it's so stupid. <laughs> no, it's true though. Yes, let's go. Like, and it didn't, it didn't shape the opinions that I currently have now, but it definitely started me on like a path of at least like caring about other people. Like feminism was obviously like a huge thing that I learned from Tumblr because like, that was like a main topic because it was all girls and that I followed and it was all girls that were like two or three years older than me and knew a little bit more about feminism. And then the more time I spent on Tumblr, the more like everyone on there was like as left as like a 13 year old can be, but yeah. that was about it. And like queer identity was huge on Tumblr Yeah, too. Yeah. There was so much discourse about like, yeah, different sexual orientations and everything. So I, I learned a lot from that, honestly, from being, from being on there in my early teens. Yeah. And I think it grew from there. What about you, Dean? Yeah, okay. So I uh, was pretty lib uh, up until recently, like maybe a year and a half ago, I would say. Uh, maybe two years, who's to say? But like, basically, Megan left for a summer. Uh, <laughs> and I, at the same time that I started working two jobs uh, after graduating. Uh, so I was working a lot and I was by myself all the time. So I, you know just was filling my time with like you know the internet and podcasts and stuff and i was really inspired by like there was this new political movement uh it was like americans but like across the across the way across the border there was this like rising tide of people like harnessing their hopes and actualizing the the future of their dreams and i just i was just transfixed by uh, the rising star of Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm so happy that he's going to be leading our transportation. transportation. Yeah, that's big uh, for the queer yeah, community. Yeah, the Department of Transportation. <laughs> that's, that's so big. cool. Uh, he's going to get rid of every train. Hey, they said he couldn't uh, have a fruit run in the transportation department. <laughs> I proved him wrong, man. He comes up there and he's the first thing he does. Yeah. Is he's like, trains rights are human rights. Uh, <laughs> did oh, you my see, Lord. Yeah. Pete, did Pete you see what he said? Like his literal, like his actual, like first statement yes, it was, was incredible. since a child, I've always been interested in transportation. Yeah. <laughs> what that a was, fucking loser. That he was sucks. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely horrible. I hate that uh, guy, man. Yeah, that statement did. I was like, hell yeah. Cause I, it's true of me. Like I actually did used to just like hang out with my dad and watch trains at the Via station in town. Yeah. So I'm like, I would be a better fit for this job than this man who clearly has no love for, for anything. The greatest mode of transportation known to man. He's the most yeah. vanilla human he's not yeah. even a human he was grown in a lab he has zuckerberg's yeah. disease yeah. <laughs> yeah but also i think realistically jesse did a big job in radicalizing dean because uh jesse and us are in a group chat where here's he, the deal. you post like news snippets all the time that we wouldn't see otherwise here's the deal i am quite literally the snake that tempted eve like i have broken the brains of so many of my friends in irreparable ways like we're trying like this is what the show is about is breaking other people's brains i'm gonna yeah, it's an it's an infection thing yeah yes and i'm gonna jesse's our charismatic parts. leader here. i've got two parts to this story <laughs> uh first is a quick preface in high school i was told that i have one of three potential career paths by a very cool guidance counselor who was anything like she was always incredibly honest were all three of them the army <laughs> no you can we'll get to it you let me know so the first thing she's like oh you, you could be a teacher and i was like okay yeah i ended up going to school for that for a while uh you could be <laughs> she literally said professional wrestler 
uh, nice. which is true, or a cult leader. She's like, you've got a weird way about you that I don't know if that's good or not. <laughs> and I was like, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, sweetheart. So for me, my moment of awakening, like many, occurred in 2016, but mine actually took place long before the election. In April of 2016... I got hired for one, I got a promotion for one job, hired for another, and then hired for two other jobs. And I went, "Uh uh-oh, well, I really need the money. Queen's tuition is expensive. I am incredibly broke. Ah, what's the worst that could happen? So I start working these four jobs. So an average day for me would be about 16 hours of work without a vehicle. So I'd walk five kilometer round trip. So two and a half there, two and a half back. Uh, working midnights, working mornings, like not a steady schedule, just kind of whatever on each day. And by July of 2016, I had worked myself into essentially total exhaustion to where I had to be like hospitalized, like get fluids. They're like, you can't keep doing this to yourself. And then I got released and like I told three of my bosses that one of them was like, yeah, that's fair. We're going to schedule you back. And I was like, hey, thank you. That's wonderful. And the other two are like, okay, you're coming in today. And I just continued to be worked to a point of like just almost dying. Yeah. And I was like, this cannot be the way people have to live their lives. And I was also like, look, I'm young and I can handle this. But I started to realize and develop class consciousness where I was like, oh, there's plenty of other people where this is the reality and they're either a great deal older, they're not as physically hardy, right. or they have even less money than I do. I was like, this seems profoundly fucked up. So inside me, a spark of anti-capitalist sentiment began to harbor which was further <laughs> reinforced by working for and with Queen's University students. Yeah, right. Uh, then I discovered the burgeoning world of the online left, be it podcasts, Twitter. I'd already had a natural fascination and proclivity for Twitter as I'd spent most of my late adolescence getting blocked by celebrities like Chris Brown and his mother. Uh, in fact, Chris Brown's <laughs> mother, Angela, once tweeted me calling me a nasty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sick. <laughs> so it felt like a natural transition point. I was able to channel a lot of the anger I felt. Like Dean, a lot of the loneliness and isolation. Although Dean had a GF, he was on his own. Me, I was just like living on my own and was on my own. And I was like, oh, I realize how deeply atomized I am and how profoundly fucked up things are. Right. And that just continued to grow as I was able to be educated about all sorts of different things. I developed a much more, let's say, robust suite of social issues. Originally, I didn't really know what I was doing, and now I've got a pretty good idea on most things. So for me, what radicalized me was a combination of overwork, starting to notice the cruelties underpinning every aspect of the capitalist system, uh, Queen's University, both for one of my jobs and the people that surrounded me. And uh, anger, which is cool. Anger fucking rocks. Yeah. Gets a bad rap, yeah. but you don't yeah, change well, that's, shit Yeah, you're angry. I, I think uh, harnessing frustration is one of the, those big ones that you kind of are told is a bad thing for a yeah. very long time. And yes. it isn't until someone tells you, like, no, you can use it for good, that it really, like, it becomes something that you see as a tool, right? And, and like, I think a lot of, like, you know, liberal and conservative discourse about, like, either facts and logic are one, on one side or pro- following like proper decorum in a debate yeah. uh, on the other is meant to, you know, not allow you to harness that anger. Because if you really do, if you look at the issues at hand, not like a robot, mm-hmm. if you actually like, you know, have some heart and some feeling about it, you're the only thing that you can do is get angry. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. they have to be like, no, 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 that's anger, that's outcome. improper. Yeah. You can't do that. We have to talk about things logically and there's there's nuance and there's gray area and like no 
No, there are homeless people. They should be ho- sheltered. Uh, they should be warm and fed. This is this isn't like some like oh like puzzle to be solved and figure yeah, out. Yeah, that we have to. Yeah. yeah, you have to come up with the proper yeah. argument and it's for like, it. Oh, like if you know, if we just have uh, enough like fucking programs, mm-hmm. uh, and like if they if they ace their SATs, then we give them like five thousand dollars. Right. Uh, every two years or something like fuck off I think, I think one of the things I'm really grateful for is uh, also like exposure to um, like organizations and stuff like mm. that so you know I, I wrote down here I was like oh just growing up on the res and having a conversation like we were talking about right but like becoming a teenager and moving off the res or at least going to school off the res I ended up being a part of a lot of different music groups and mm-hmm. in doing that it started becoming more getting involved with like the punk scene and getting involved with the punk scene led to me meeting up with like like I had a lot of train kid friends um, I had a lot of homeless friends that I would try to house uh, at my parents place on the res at one point we had like three different people living at my parents house and I was only 16 right and then like doing house shows and stuff like that and then there was also different galleries that i was a part of so like there was this anarchist gallery just outside of belleville and then there was this it was like for people who it was a gallery to show people who don't make above the poverty line uh which was also really great so it's like you know not only was it i i think what i'm getting at is that you guys were kind of thrown into it through like the internet right Mm. and like since i grew up in a place that didn't have internet (laughs) for a very long time i'm really lucky that i actually i got a lot of the the teachings uh through like in-person conversation right but i think it i think it just leads it's so funny how it all leads to the same outcome though Mm. you know what i mean like and then people shit on the internet for for what it's worth and they're like oh communication is going downhill and it's like no you can learn a hell of a lot just talking to people online it's the same thing as a real life relationship mm-hmm. i uh, think this question goes well into we have a question on there about like what is what do we identify as politically do we want to answer that yeah i was going to say we may as well go to that one next yeah. then okay so on the note Megan just made, uh, we have a question that came in through the Instagram. How do you identify politically and how do you feel about the state? Love it, hate it, reform it, abolish it? Right. This mm. is such a huge struggle for yeah. me. Is it? How, how do I yeah. uh, identify politically? I identify as politically correct. <laughs> uh, my politics are the correct ones. Right, right, uh, yeah. Like they've been forged uh, with the, the hardest steel. Uh, my, my fucking... Uh, what what's the Kill Bill samurai guy? Oh, uh, my Hanzo, Hattori my Hanzo. Yeah, 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 my yeah. Hattori Hanzo blade of <laughs> of rhetoric. Yeah, uh, it the cannot s- be broken. Only the strongest foundation. That's right. Yeah, I feel like okay. So you, Megan, said um, very like as soon as this question was brought up, was like that this is something that you're struggling with. Yeah, about how I feel about the state because like the Canadian state, I find fucked. And, like, has done so many atrocities in the past. And, like, there's a lot of bad that comes from the state. But also, I'm, like, kind of a socialist and believe in, like, a really large social safety net and that the government should help people. Right. So, I don't know. I I, I feel like I just need to just go through life and learn a lot more. But I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, honestly. I think it's one of those things that I I've never really fully believed in the idea of, like, identifying wholeheartedly politically because i feel like that's how you get caught in this wave of 
the identifier telling you how to feel yeah. mm. rather than you believing something necessarily. Mm-hmm. So like you get all these people that are like, oh, I'm, you know, uh, I'm a yeah. tanky and this is what tankies do. Or yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm an ANCAP and this is what ANCAPs do. And you I, choose I, your class. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think yeah. that's a very good way to actually, because I, I think it's a lot more gray I've than that. I've into weed legalization. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> so exactly. I, I get bonus uh, <laughs> combat score when I'm at parties. And I think that's the problem a lot with, you know, I... I identifying wholeheartedly with some kind of like political sphere. I think the best way to do it is to more so flesh yourself out, mm-hmm. like you were saying. And then eventually you stumble across something where you're like, holy shit, this is something that I've already felt. Right. Yeah. Rather like, I don't like the idea of jumping right into like a political class immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's better to like flesh out your ideas. I feel like anarchism and socialism are so different that I don't even really know how to reconcile it. And also I want to, say that like because we live in this country that is like specifically stolen land like how does an indigenous perspective like even factor into either of those like identities at all so yeah yeah. i don't know because you can be an anarchist but that also means like you could also argue that that means you're against or you're for abolishing even like indigenous statehood right yeah which like i don't believe you are yeah so then it becomes difficult right so like for me um, it's taken me a really long time to come to any kind of conclusion politically for a long time. I was just like anti-authoritarian, mm-hmm. uh, which just eventually just meant anti-authority. And it's because I was like a limp biscuit listening bitch. Oh, so you know sad. what I mean? Where I was just like, I just hate people and anyone telling me what to do, which I don't think is very, uh, is super helpful a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's, it's really short sighted thinking. And that's why uh, the, another thing I tell people, like we joke about the political compass, right? Because mm-hmm. I think there's, I think there's always two phases to political identity. The first phase is what you think is uh, pragmatic in your current situation, what can be done, right? So it's like, you know, I'm still going to vote in like local and federal elections, even if I'm against the state, yeah, right? Because I think practically that is the great idea. But then there's your ideal situation, which is completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. That's something that you're leading to. It's like, what's your end goal, uh, which might not be realized in this lifetime. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think those are two completely different things. Yeah. But for me, in general, like I identify as um, like anarcho syndicalist, where it's more about dissolving hierarchy and replacing that with either volunteer or democratic hierarchies. Yeah. And and for me, that's always lined up with what I believed, I just didn't realize that for a very long yeah. time because I had no idea it was a thing. It's such a niche thing, right? And and I think that's usually what it comes down to is there's so many different political factions, like where you identify, you can jump onto like some of the larger, more popular ones or whatever, but it isn't until you actually flesh out your ideas that you find that there's these sub-communities or these theories that actually fit really close to what you actually believe. Yeah, I just love community. I feel like everything should be done on a community basis, honestly. Like municipalities are the largest you should go it, it sometimes. Like I understand why having a large state makes sense and like to control the entire land, but like what does controlling that land even mean? Like what do, what are we doing at that level that we couldn't do at a municipal level or a well, community there, level? I would it say, always gets like, abused, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like when we're talking about like, you know, delivering health care to yeah. people on a mass scale. Yeah. When we're talking about, you know, fighting climate change, even though that's yeah. never gonna happen. Yes. Like yeah. that that needs to you be need, national. You need, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird because then trying to think of that in a non-hierarchical way is is interesting. 
Yeah. On like, it would be great if we could do healthcare and education and everything and have all these nicely funded programs like in a non-authoritarian uh, what way. What if we did our know. hierarchies based on like the number of Twitter followers you have? Yeah, man. <laughs> your verification. Yeah, like your president, if you get the blue check uh, <laughs> and I don't know. Like, Bill De- Delphine should be president, no, is what I'm saying. Drake would be Prime Minister of Canada. Which is, <laughs> which is good, he's got... Lower that age of consent. Well, that's the thing. He's got... Def- he's definitely smarter than Justin Trudeau. Yeah. And he has the same proclivities as past American presidents. That's yeah. true. So it seems like past a perfect and fit. present. Yeah. 1738. What about you, Dean? You've been awfully quiet. I would say, uh, when it comes to, like, identifying yourself politically, like, don't put it in your bio on Twitter... You know, just put, don't like put that stuff anywhere visible. That way, when you go to a party, depending on what girl you're talking to, you can just change your ideology. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, put the yeah. globe in your name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you're like, oh, I see, like she works for like, you know, the defense uh, sector, then I, I will put the globe. But, uh, I, I I don't know if I, I I agree with you. I don't really have a fully formed like a, opinion on like okay like here is like the collection of like anarcho communist primitive blah, 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 like socialist like once I like have all of those like you know multisyllabic words in order then everyone will know exactly how I think that's right. uh, I, I I don't subscribe to that uh, mostly because I don't have any fucking idea what I'm talking about yeah. No, yeah, the the theory end of of politics gets pretty gets pretty niche, right? Where it's like yeah, and like I have I have a degree in biology, like you, you, know? you I, I'm not as well versed in this stuff. But I, what I'm saying is, you can feel that way about certain things, and that means you align that way politically. But that doesn't mean you have to identify that way, exactly. Because, yeah. like we said, uh, once you identify that way, you can. Yeah, I'm tired of identity the... politics. <laughs> uh, anyway. You tell them, Dean. <laughs> Should we move on to an, another yeah. question? Yeah, What's a funny one? one? This is an easy one. What are your astrology signs and why are you so dang cute? The reason that we're cute is that we cut out all the slurs. That is true. <laughs> There's like three or four hours, mostly <laughs> yeah. me, admittedly. Yeah, we we like we get an hour recording each episode. We we're in for here for six hours. hours. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you should have heard the sixteen hour session we had on macaroni yeah. jabroni, <laughs> but instead we had to cut that down because it was all it's like just... a Jordan Peterson video. <laughs> yeah. I had a whole bit on the Toronto Zoo honor killing a lion. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one though. <laughs> to I like that bit. Uh, I, I know nothing about astrology. I'm I know what my sign is. I am a Gemini. Yes. Are you? Yeah. That one's Can't a bad one. Guy. You're not yeah. allowed to be a Gemini. You're two-faced. Oh, that's cool. He's my favorite <laughs> Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm an Aries, which means that I'm fiery, which is really ah, funny to me. Fire signs. High five. I just don't... I don't understand. It, it, it's supposed to mean like you're passionate about stuff, which I believe I am. But at the same time, like... I'm so nihilistic and cynical. <laughs> are, are you stubborn? Uh, you could say that, I guess. Like mentally stubborn. Mm. Physically, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just gives. Yeah, I give in. Like, <laughs> if someone tells me to do something in my brain, I'll be like, no, fuck that. And then uh, physically, I'll behave mm. in a way that where I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, Sagittarius is supposed to be like the life of the party and like... They love to travel, and they're really outgoing, and they like do what they want, and but they're, they're like also funny. Shy. Do you guys think that's me? Yeah, I think that's yeah. actually No, they're not accurate. supposed to be shy. What's, what's the Gemini deal? I, 
I don't really know. I only only uh, read the Sagittarius. You're a liar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You talk to yourself. That actually is true. Uh, um, you're a professional wrestler. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this shit is pretty accurate. You got a huge. Your hog. name is Jesse. Well, we, yeah. were, we were mostly there. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. We were close. What, uh, about, what about you, Dean? What's, I'm an what's Aquarius uh, slash Capricorn. He's on the. He's on the. He's a cuspy. I'm a cuspy. The cusp day. Um, Cuspy. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe am I not allowed to say that? <laughs> I don't know. Does that mean something bad? I don't know. He's dusky. He's a dusky. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Uh, He's a dusky cuspy. Yeah, you got a dusky Careful. old cooter on him. That's, That's right. Sure. Um yeah, I'm an Aquarius. Aquarius is an air sign, despite the fact that it literally has the word water in it. Yeah. Uh fuck this. Uh did you see okay, there was some discourse going around <laughs> okay. that the reason that astrology uh, has picked up so much in the last, like, I don't know, five years or so, mm-hmm. uh, is a reaction to, uh, like, generally people are like, oh, it's just because, like, you know, millennials are looking for a way to be spiritual without, you know, conforming to a church uh, and, like, raping children or whatever they do. Y- yeah, whatever uh, the churches yeah. are up to. Which, like, is a fair assessment, but, like, there is this other uh, fucking take going around where people are like, no, the reason that astrology is really picked up is that like our our state and our institutions are crumbling, and there's like no faith in like you know actual I don't want to say signs, but like there's no faith in the institutions that like used to you know run everything because they're like oh everything's falling apart I may as well like look to the stars for guidance because <laughs> my government will tell me to wear a mask one day and not the next I feel like it I, I feel like it has more to do with the crumbling of churches than the crumbling of government I think it honest. just has to do with the fact that fucking it's also just fun witches are cool as shit yeah, yeah. and, and we're on the si- we're on the side of witches here I think yeah. yeah and like and again like you don't like no one wants to be like a mainstream like normie Nobody you know? wants to be a normie. Yeah, because yeah, like normies vote for Pete Buttigieg and fuck yeah. that. If, <laughs> yeah. if you're a witch and you're listening to this show, I have one of two requests you can fulfill as my great Christmas wish. One, I don't know how this works, but if you can bless each and each of us, that'd, yeah. be cool. that'd be really nice. Or destroy the moon. No, they're not yeah. baby witches. <laughs> this show is for 18 plus only. So if you're a baby witch, which I presume means you're a a child, a child, a child. You're like, like seven, Sabrina. Yeah, you're like scenario. seven or eight years yeah, old. Yeah. So uh, that, or I want you to cast a hex on the third day worship center. Ayo, that would actually. I feel be like they might have already done that. <laughs> yeah, a, a pox on their house. That did happen. <laughs> yes, that would be tremendous. Uh, so this is a. These are two separate questions, but they a lot. They, they lay closely together. Uh, this one was one of many submitted by my dear friend who I shall just refer to as J-Man, who is the love nice. of my life. We love J-Man. Yeah, he fucking rocks. And uh, one of the questions he sent us that I, I'm going to ask you folks is, who is your favorite political figure? Oh, I like that question. Hmm. I like that question a lot. There's a lot of different places you can go with this one. So I've... Um... I'm sorry. I keep taking all the no, questions. Ahead, anyone yeah. else? I get excited about political figures because, like, I'm against uh, the idea of idolizing people, mm-hmm. especially I've, fucking po- politicians. <laughs> yeah, Holy shit. I'm. Uh, I've read Twilight of the Idols by Friedrich Nietzsche. Okay, <laughs> I know I've read my Twilight. Shit. Yeah. I've read Twilight. Okay, no. Uh, so, like, when it comes to looking at idols or like figures you look up to, I think it's like a very, it's a very fine dance. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't you shouldn't go wholeheartedly into anything, uh, especially human beings, because most of us fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. um, but Except that being us. said, I do have some people that I wrote down. Oh, cool. let's go. I have 
James Baldwin, the man who converted MLK into a radical. Yes. Yeah. Very Baldwin's sick. so fucking good. Baldwin is incredible. Uh, Angela Davis, who yes. wrote about the industrial prison complex. Angela Davis is one of mine. A uh, really awesome advocate for the Black Panther movement as well. I have Franz Fanon, who wrote about the Algerian uh, rebellion and how capitalism causes mental health disorders. Very, very cool. I like that. And then my top is Emma Goldman, a Jewish-English anarchist who actually resided in Kingston at one point. Wow. Uh, She had a really close friend who she lived with in Kingston. Um, and she went to jail. She went to jail on multiple occasions for inciting political violence and wrote about political violence on many occasions. She also went to jail for handing out free birth control. Oh, cool. that's fucking Yeah, right in the 1880s to like Eight, early nine. 1900s. Wow. They She's had birth a, control in the 1880s to 1900s? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean like not the pill, but like condoms? No. True. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Contraceptives. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so she went to jail for that. She's she's great. I recommend anyone read her stuff because it just gets you riled right up. But yeah, those are those are my four. Do you guys have any other suggestions or people that you want to add to the list? Uh, I I will double down on Angela Davis, one of the most striking political figures in modern history. Yeah. Incredible. Still doing. Like yeah, amazing, she's, rousing work to this very day. Yeah, uh, she she basically started the discourse on prison abolition, which yes. is which is awesome. I always I have a growing obsession with uh, the CCF in Saskatchewan in the mid twentieth century. Right. So like the healthcare guy. Yeah. So Tommy Douglas is yeah. actually somebody I really find fascinating, and obviously his legacy, be it challenging as it definitely will yeah. be for anybody from that period of time i still find him to be a really interesting case and obviously you know instituting at first provincial and then a national health care policy is probably the biggest political achievement yeah in canadian history mm-hmm. oh yeah it's mm-hmm. huge so he's always been big on my list as i continue to read and do research on him uh <laughs> this one's gonna get a lot of people mad at me i love fidel castro that's King. cool. Castro is so fucking good. Castro was a fucking base god, and there's no doubt about it. He was the most based man in Cuban history. I always most I also like him because a lot of people that are like, oh, Castro stole my parents' slave farm. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> like whenever someone says, Oh, my family fled Cuba when Castro took over, I'm like, oh, and how much of Cuba or how many people in Cuba did your family own? Did, yeah, exactly. Also, Castro famously reeled back his uh hatred for the queer community he did now obviously people are like how can you like and i get it like i especially understand people that have an aversion to castro because of his social beliefs yeah but i think in terms of actually getting results and being one of the biggest anti-imperialist enemies of the united states anybody who stands against the United States for like 60 years is going to get admiration. Yeah, he really eyes. pissed off the US. Oh, he drove them insane. Castro essentially broke the brains of like every national security and like CIA spook for 60 years to the point where they yeah. were using Tom and Jerry style shenanigans to try and kill him. <laughs> I think we'll cover that in an episode. Yeah, we should do a, we should do a full Castro episode one day. Castro be and especially the ways in which they tried to kill him are 
incredible. Yeah. And then in more modern times, somebody I always liked as a political figure, mostly because my aunt and uncle worked on his campaign, uh, was in the UK with Jeremy Corbyn as the leader of the Labour Party. Right. A oh, man yeah. who had his knees cut out from him by his own party, mostly neoliberal members of the Labour Party who... He's an anti-Semite. Yeah. That's right. This nice old man who just literally spends his free time gardening and like sends thank you videos to people that send him soup He's recipes. so sweet. He's the only good person on that wretched aisle. Yeah, he's the only one in Britain <laughs> that I would throw a life preserver to when it eventually sinks into the sea. So that'd be my big four. Angela Davis, uh, Tommy Douglas, uh, Fidel Castro, and then Mr. Corbin, who I love dearly. I love it. That's a great list. What about you, Meg? Uh, yeah, I don't have a ton of politicians that I know a lot about to be honest, but um, in terms of like writers, like Ursula K. Le Guin is uh, like a fiction yeah. writer, but yeah. she's incredible. She's so cool and has like really interesting politics. Who, so, who, wait, who is this? Ursula K. Le oh, Guin. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. She's dope, choice. man. Yeah. yeah that's a and, really strong one. And I also love Naomi Klein. Like literally Ooh. everything I read by Naomi Klein, I'm like, you are perfect. Like how do you have the perfect yeah, brain? Klein, I, I, I would highly recommend, uh, I have only read like a smattering of her stuff, but everything that I've read from her, yeah. it's it's like trying to find your way through a maze and then she is the helicopter ride that lets you see it from the top. Yeah. Like everything that you've like sort of been groping at and grasping at, yeah. like as you think about, at least for me, as I've been thinking about politics, yeah. I read her stuff and I'm like, oh, I can see everything from up yeah. here. Oh, I so totally cool. understand. Oh, I gotta look into her yeah. stuff Yeah, she's now. incredible. Yeah. She's um, one of the best, I think, most prescient writers of yeah. the 21st century. Yeah, cool. in terms of like actual politicians, honestly, like... Twitter is so aggressive and rude, and I will get flack for this, but AOC is super cool. Like, yeah, I honestly yeah. like her a lot. She explains all her points super well to a really wide Instagram audience. She has pretty good politics. Yeah, like, she was a bartender. Yeah, That's she's cool. She I like her a lot. The other night, just like coked out of her mind. That oh was, yeah, that was sick. Yeah, I, I didn't know that she oh. was coked out of her mind. Yeah, on Instagram <laughs> live, she was like sniffling, like just talking really quickly. I was like, That's bro, so I'm in love with this one. Yeah. She has ethically sourced cocaine, though. Yeah. She's a queen. <laughs> Made okay. it herself. Dean, what, what about you? you? Yeah, okay. So uh, I already said Pete. <laughs> of course, I was actually referring to there Bernie Sanders. Uh, th- this is the, the lowest hanging fruit. But that man worked very hard, is also just a sweet, nice man who wants to help people. Uh, and he was gutted by someone that we're going to be bringing up later. We have another segment that we're going to do. Yeah, his, his movement... Definitely really inspired me and opened uh, up my eyes and made me feel hopeful <laughs> about something, uh, which ever since uh, I, you know, got red pilled or black pilled or whatever kind of color pill we have, I was not hopeful whatsoever. Uh, and doom scrolling does not help that. But for like a few months at the beginning of the year, genuine, like almost like a religious fervor of like, ha- like hope for mm-hmm. the future. Uh, which I uh, am indebted to him for. I also uh, am a big fan of Rose Schneiderman, uh, if you're familiar. She uh, was from the only good country in Europe, Poland. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, no, but this this is like 1880s Poland. So okay, cool yeah, Poland. Good, good Poland. Good Poland. Yes, Not, true. yeah. The, Best, social, the Polish socialism. Yes. Uh, she immigrated to New York. She was a socialist. She was a feminist. Uh, she was Jewish. She was a lesbian. So just all your identity wow. politics. Yeah. Da, 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 da. 
and inspired by I, you guys are probably familiar with the triangle shirtwaist factory yes. fire oh boy mm. uh, <laughs> basically like a lot of like Jewish teenage girls just locked in a burning building because this was before fire codes any kind mm. of safe or, labor yeah, standards yeah. it was uh, a the, the men the managers like they had them on the 13th floor and the managers were on the 12th floor the men all left and shut the doors behind them so the women were trapped in there Fucking uh, hell. and many of them burned to like, death like no fire escapes no standards like yeah. this, this became a massive like, yeah this, this kicked off the, really, the, the labor, movement labor movement in America yeah. and Rose Snyderman was at the head of it she uh, was like 19 when it happened (laughs) uh, and was like like traveling the country speaking about it and like raising awareness she uh uh, you know, founded all like American Civil Civil Liberties Union. Yeah. She was part of like a lot of different uh, trade unions for women, and was eventually uh, became an advisor for uh, FDR during uh, his administration, yeah. uh, and did a lot of good for that country. She also uh, coined the phrase "bread and roses" because uh, she believed that socialism shouldn't be just about provide providing the bare necessities for people, but giving them something higher, something to strive for, the roses, right? The beautiful, hmm. uh, which is lovely. That's really uh, cool. But of course, like we, we do have to, uh, you know, pledge our fealty to Eugene Debs, who another Deb American socialist operating at the same time. From jail. Ran from pre- <laughs> for president from jail. He was put in jail because he violated the Sedition Act. Uh, basically, oh, yeah. the U.S. government made it illegal to speak out against World War One and their involvement in it. Yeah, they made it illegal to be cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he went That's to jail true. for that. I, I, I'm tempted to read his entire speech like upon uh, being delivered the verdict that he was going to prison. Just an incredible man, an incredible speaker. Politics based exclusively on love for his fellow human. Uh, he did well in that election too. He did well. Like he got millions of votes. Yeah, millions of votes while he was sitting in prison. This is a whole like the the statement to the court. Just go and read the whole thing. Uh, I would if my co-host would let me. He says, "Your Honor, years ago I recognized my kinship with all living beings, and I made up my mind that I was not the one bit better than the meanest on earth." I said then, and I say now, that while there is a lower class, I am in it. While there is a criminal element, I am of it. And while there is a soul in prison, I am not free. Oh, hell, fuck yeah. 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 He's cool. He That's the real shit. rocked. Yeah. 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 I, I like that a lot. I think anyone who preaches for any kind of unification of all beings <laughs> is, yeah. is good for in For him, my it books. was religious. Yeah. It, like, this, like, it was mandated by God. Right. That, like, if you are going to be a worthy person uh, and a, a good person in the eyes of the Lord, uh, your only option is to be radically socialist. Right. Let's, I love that. Let's end off with just a quick one before we get into our little... Our wrap-up? Yes. Because that's also going to require some time. This one is mostly just about uh, media. I figure mm-hmm. this is an easy one. Uh, not sure if it's been mentioned, covered on the show before, but what are your thoughts on The Simpsons, especially past season 10, South Park, adult swim classics, and animated adult shows in general? Are we past the golden age, perhaps entering a new one? Underrated gems, Big Mouth, John Mulaney. Would be great to hear your opinions on these things. I just did this because I genuinely want to know what people think of <laughs> South Park and The Simpsons. <laughs> so, so it's more like you're asking us the question. Well, I it's... One of many this person submitted, which I will get to eventually throughout, but we 
don't have the time to get through every single one of the questions in there. So I thought I would take this third of those. Okay. So I love talking about The Simpsons because it basically <laughs> raised me as a child. Yeah, no, like there, there is a, a like a, a second language, a shared language uh, of like people of our generation who just grew up watching it and can, you know, recite references or even just like still images and then people who were raised properly, not in front of a TV all day, like Megan, who have no idea what the fuck we're talking yeah. about. I think SpongeBob is another one of those two. I yeah. watched SpongeBob. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, sadly. So Simpsons kicked ass. Yeah, The Simpsons. Greatest TV show ever. Uh, specifically past season 10 is an interesting question because there is much debate amongst people that have Funko Pops mostly. <laughs> about, like, yeah, oh, they have, When did The Simpsons get bad? They have their Redditor shelf at home. And it's like, for me... If you, where I grew up, you had a cable package that could get you potentially on the weekend up to eight episodes of The Simpsons in like a seven hour mm-hmm. block where they'd have like four on Global, two on Fox, and then two on like FX. So I could just be like, I could watch four hours of The Simpsons every Saturday and Sunday, which is great. And for me, I probably watched pretty frequently until the start of university because nobody in university obviously has cable or fucking satellite like yeah you're not made of money so that was probably like i don't know season 20 something and if you ask me yes it does get like unbearable around i think season 17 or 18 it's not good <laughs> prior to that point but it's like oh you can leave it on in the like background. the whole like what they the best stretch they say is like seasons like seven eight oh uh, yeah because honestly, every episode like, was a those, classic yeah because every episode is great four through eight is probably yeah. a reasonable four-year period where you literally cannot find a bad episode have you guys ever watched season one of the simpsons yes though? Yeah. i actually it's horrible i think there's something to season one of the simpsons it's but it doesn't get good until it's sort of like watching season one is sort of like looking at like uh i don't know childhood photos of your parents you know it's like wow you used to be like this i like megan's face throughout all this (laughs) i just i'm chilling i'm also gonna throw family guy into this what are you because i have watched family guy Guy. i hated i always hated family guy the early years a big gap and then when it came back until now Family Guy's a, a terrible show, and it's so stupid. I honestly hate South Park more than I hate Family Guy I think for so, some reason. I think the South I Park hate South Park. Is South, Park. <laughs> South Park. I don't think South Park hate is reasonable. South Park, I think, is the <laughs> most nihilistic of those shows, where yeah. they actively tell you if you believe in something, it's like, oh, that's yeah. That's South fucking, Park that's is gay. definitely the most black pilled TV I show maybe it. ever. I absolutely love it. Uh, I love episodes. It of makes South me so Park, angry. I, I I don't watch it anymore. My favorite was uh, back when South Park like just started all of these conservatives got like really, really excited. They're like, yeah, this is like comedy that's like speaking to our values. <laughs> oh, right. Because uh, like they were making fun of like liberals. And murdering <laughs> children. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're like, this is great. Like we're, we're going to, like there's all these kids watching this. They're going to like become indoctrinated to become shitheads like us. Uh, but it turns out, no, like Matt and Trey just don't believe in anything. It, and, and, if, and if you do, if you care about anything, that makes you dumb. Yeah. It's anti-ideology. Yeah. yeah it's, it's anti, like, it's in like fandom mostly. Which like as good. soon as it becomes something that you like enjoy, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I, I don't know. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty black pilled and, and I kind of dig it. Yeah. It's, they're a fascinating combination. I think the coolest thing they did is take acid and show up 
to the fucking Oscars. <laughs> yeah, that's, that that's actually that sick. Cool. That's cool as hell. <laughs> I would stay up and watch South Park, and then me and all my friends would be at school the next day and just recite the episode to mm-hmm. each other. We did that with Glee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. And then all the Adult Swim shows. I mean, there's something to choose from, but obviously Tim and Eric is probably Tim and Eric, the yeah. one that's had I the I think he's, we're talking about purchase. specifically animated stuff. But yeah. even then, like just thinking about Tim and Eric and how it's like affected my humor yeah. wholeheartedly. And yeah. like just like not it, it, it this even becomes political because it's like the humor of absurdity and how like we can laugh we sit down every week and laugh about horrors and atrocity right they hit but because it's so absurd it's like how yeah. does this exist how do these things happen and i think tim and eric was great in the sense that they realized that satire doesn't exist so they just decided to present the most extreme element yeah, and then it was like, oh, they were ahead of the curve because there is no satire in the real world, and everything is the most extreme element. Yeah, I think Tim and Eric also has like a very strong anti-capitalist bend to it because the products that they market in each of like, like, oh, all the Cinco video machines are like yeah. all pieces of shit that don't work, yeah. and are like actively harmful or pants for diarrhea, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. look at all these stupid fucking products that or infomercials and capitalism Will Ferrell will pitching you. pitching buying slave clowns, yeah, clown, yeah. clown, clown, clown. <laughs> it's Horrible. great. I love shit like yeah. that. The, that's that's you know what we were talking about. Like, when did you get radicalized? I think like <laughs> the, the Tim and Eric brain melting bit. brain melting Tim and Eric skits that yeah. I would watch for hours yeah that and would do hours it. i think that that you know caused enough holes in my brain <laughs> yeah, to actually it, reach that point when it comes to animation right now though there's bob's burgers um, yeah bob's burgers oh, that, I, I, I think that's burgers. it for me bob's burgers yeah i don't i yeah. can't really stomach any other I think. like i watch shows. a lot of uh like anime but yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm a fucking anime weed, is sick but, though <laughs> yeah anime's based. adult animated shows are like such a disaster because they're all it's not true dean was saying the same thing no bob's burgers is good no uh, he was telling me fritz the cat was bad Uh, i never watched fritz the cat Fritz the cat is not fucking good Uh, we i don't we can't get it (laughs) bojack horseman insufferable yeah i i love the sad horse program any show that is just a la writer like venting their spleen in like cartoon format like steven universe also unwatchable go to therapy I liked uh, I liked Adventure Time. Adventure Time is fun. And sure. Duncan Trussell's Midnight Gospel was fantastic. Yeah, that's also good. Yeah. I found podcasters. that a little boring. Adventure Brothers kicks ass. I also don't yeah. listen to podcasts. Yeah, Midnight Gospel, you just yeah. like put it on the background and you're like, wow, it's like pretty animation. Yeah. yeah. So. They talk about like inane bullshit, but... And now as we close our end of year episode, we want to leave you off with some of our personal nemeses before deciding on one joint podcast enemy. There are many people we have covered throughout this year. Uh, I'm going to do some honorable mentions now that I know everybody's list of enemies. Uh, some of the people we've discussed include Canadian fashion mogul Peter Nygaard. Who yeah. just, just got arrested. Recently arrested. <laughs> See in jail, baby. That's right. Uh, Our dads will be taking care of you. <laughs> uh, so Peter Nygaard honorable mention or rather if you're on this list dishonorable mention i'd also like to throw in jim baker one of our early episodes was talking about apocalypse and like apocalypse planning and he's the guy who sold the buckets of <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. i forgot about the, the buckets of food also oh, just like fuck. a piece of shit evangelist yeah not evangelion though no, that would bad. be way cooler yeah uh we've also mentioned 
Some groups, such as, obviously, Corrections, Major Enemy. Yep. Yeah, RCMP. RCMP. Go to Hell. Sir yep. John A. McDonald, another enemy of the podcast, although Certainly. it's Currently safe to say hell. we won. Yes, because he is dead. <laughs> so all of these and more have been the targets of our vitriol this year, but we have selected four unique individuals in which we are going to provide a brief case to why they are each our personal nemesis and why they should be in the running for podcast nemesis. Although I'm pretty confident I know who's going to win this battle. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody who would like to go first with their personal nemesis? Yeah, I would. Now, I would argue that this man has done more evil this year than anyone else. That's probably up for contention because this was a horrible year. Uh, <laughs> yes. But my uh, pick is, as always, Barack Hussein. You have to say the Hussein. Yeah, it's important. Obama. Hussein. Who... Again, took the knees out from the Bernie Sanders campaign, which had run, uh, ran a, his- a historic campaign, winning both Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada, which had never been done in the history of the country. And then before Super Tuesday, Barack makes some calls, gets Buttigieg to drop out, gets Klobuchar to drop out, and then Biden sweeps. Uh, and Bernie was dead in the water from that point on. Uh, so. Barack Obama ensuring his legacy as one. And the Wildcat strike. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I haven't even fucking gotten to that. Let's do an overview of all the shit. So that was the first thing was knifing the Bernie Sanders. Yeah, knifing, like completely killing any progressive uh, hope of progressive change in the Democratic Party, let alone the country. On a national level. It should be noted there's still a lot of really incredible people. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Fighting a war. But like that, that was, you know, he took the head off the king. Yes. Uh, But yeah, also. There was that very cool wildcat strike yeah, uh, that, that uh, sort of sprang out uh, out of nowhere in the NBA, uh, as well as the WNBA, in the wake of the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter. Uh, all of these black athletes saying, do you know what? Fuck you. You don't get basketball uh, until we do something about like police and the fact that they can murder indiscriminately indiscriminately consequences yeah free. <laughs> cool. uh and then obama said called them up and was like hey guys what if you played basketball because that will get your message out yeah, you'll more. have a bigger stage yeah you'll have a bigger stage in doing nothing differently and going as like business as usual one of the just even from a logical standpoint it's like oh they got even more coverage across the world by not playing yeah that was they a already massive massive story huge and in like one of the biggest and last, like, real bastions of American culture is sports. Yeah, it's the only thing that people can agree that they like. Yeah, that they Without it like being political. <laughs> That's right. And, yes, he... Th- actually, they called him up, because LeBron James was, like, the figurehead, because he is still, like, the most famous player in the world, mm-hmm. seen as, like, the franchise for the NBA. And they called him asking for guidance, because, obviously, you know, a lot of these guys saw Barack Obama's election as, like, a landmark, monumental moment, and the NBA is a predominantly African-American league. And then, yes, he said, uh, well, you should end the strike and uh, go back to playing basketball. And they did exactly that. And in the wake of this, nothing changed. Yeah. They were and, even, like, everyone fucking forgot that they it was even They were even limited thing. what they were allowed yeah. to put on their jerseys. You couldn't even put anything more contentious than just saying Black Lives Matter. There were players that wanted to put, like, so many more social justice messages, but they were limited to things like education reform. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Fuck off. Or uh, one guy wanted to put the deficit. Yeah. <laughs> Barack Obama uh, will uh, remain a prominent figure uh, in America, maintaining uh, and ensuring the status quo for decades to come. 
And writing memoirs. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, and awful. and yeah, yeah, writing about how to, no one would fuck him in college, selling himself to Netflix. Yes. Yeah, he is a lifestyle brand. Now. Yeah, no, uh, I fucking hate you. All of my co-hosts fucking hate you. Uh, here, here. And if redacted were to happen, no one would uh, cry. And that is him receiving a lovely Christmas present. That's yeah, that's what the yeah. redaction. Merry Christmas. Is. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. A bottle of my piss. Chance, I think you should go next because yours is. You and Dean have two of the big front runners. I'm okay. still. I'm sorry. I'm still so mad. No, go ahead. Okay. I'm just going to be mad and not listening to you it's, and it's just a, stewing. In it's my okay. Brain. You're seething. I understand. <laughs> Chance, I think yours is um, a major, major contender for. But but my my character this year uh, for my biggest nemesis, you would have to say he is Malding. Because boy doesn't have much hair, and boy <laughs> is very mad. Mm. Uh, have you ever heard that term? Molding? No, I hate that. It means you're mad, mad and bald. <laughs> yeah, like Stone Cold. And uh, all of Canada, every <laughs> yeah, that, that's half of our male population. <laughs> one quarter of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my man is Mr. Mayor Brian Batterson, mm. uh, the, mm. the 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 head of the Republic of Kingston. <laughs> The the Holy Roman (laughs) (laughs) Emperor. We've had beef with Mr. Mayor for a very long time, even before we knew things about Third Day Worship Center. Day one. We weren't too impressed with how he's handled things throughout this pandemic, how he's handled things with uh, the Bell Park encampment, how he's handled things with homelessness in Kingston Mm. and promoting tourism through a pandemic. Mm. We've been incredibly upset about all that. But also... Now it's global news is picking up the story. Vice has picked up the story. The story of him doing conversion therapy on uh, gay community members here in Kingston. You know, there's also the fact that the Third Day Worship Center, the church that he went to, had a COVID outbreak yeah, the week yeah. after they said, hey guys, come to come from, down Toronto. from Toronto to see TJ yeah. McCargo. McClunky, yeah, TJ yeah, McClunky coming yeah. through. McCluskey. <laughs> yeah, it's a boy McCluskey. Quebecois Southerner. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, I can't seethe more <laughs> when I hear about this man and what he does. Yeah. And the fact that he gets to show up to work every day and gets paid for money that we make mm-hmm. makes me incredibly upset because he is not representing the city of Kingston. And he is not representing moving forward and helping people. He is not representing fixing these long-term problems that we have. And rather, he cares more about the short-term business goals. He cares about, you know pushing his wife's MLM and he cares more about uh, wreath making wreath making because all cultists make wreaths and um, it just it hurts me that we've had him here for so long and that this hasn't come to the forefront uh, sooner but hopefully hopefully we won't have to talk about Brian Patterson much longer yeah fingers fucking crossed and, and not that's not a threat that's because uh, elections are coming up yeah. <laughs> it's not because <laughs> nothing uh, nothing redacted was gonna happen it's yeah. just because um, you know hopefully he'll get voted out because of all of the the butt fuckery that has been yeah. going on and I with would his name encourage in the media. Uh, our listeners uh, in Kingston uh, if you're the voting type uh, in this uh, mayoral election that's coming up, you should maybe consider voting two, three, maybe even five times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, yeah just that would help. Up. A lot of people don't realize, but you can vote as, more than once, and then your guy gets more want. votes yeah. if you do that. Yeah. 
It's, you know, this is uh, called political strategy. We should really, honestly, it's really funny to talk about that, like rigging like a local election. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're guaranteeing like, that you guys, I get to become dog catcher. You know what? You guys should really use uh, Dominion voting systems. Yeah. I heard they're great. Um, if you have dark money you'd like to pump into this election, <laughs> <laughs> please contact me. No, so so that's my guy. It, it's, it's Mayor Brian Patterson. He's a horrible speaker, and I think oh, uh, I think ugly you know, as fuck too. Jesse's even combated him on the world stage on local news. That's right. <laughs> we have had the most virgin Chad interaction imaginable. So, so that's my, my that's my nemesis. And I'm, don't worry, everybody. I'm definitely keeping an eye on this fuck. Uh, Megan, I would like to go next because I think you also have another really strong one, and okay. I would like to give an underrated in the sense that. I don't think anybody beyond me and maybe Chance understands the scope of this man's personal evil. Admittedly, 2020 was only yet another of 40 years of uh, malevolence and evil. I'm actually my personal nemesis. I remember this is personal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this person has rot anywhere near the evil of Barack Obama, even a Brian Patterson, especially Megan's choice, which we'll be getting to next. But for me, my personal enemy for the podcast is a Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, seriously? Yeah. We we discussed (laughs) in an episode mostly focusing on the labor implications of what he's been doing in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. That was way back in, I believe, April, somewhere around. Yeah, that was around May. Anti-body slam. That's right. But I would actually like to give you... And this has to be brief because we were talking about over 40 years of collective rat fuckery and at times pure evil. Okay. Quick overview of some of some, just some of the shady shit Vince McMahon has done that isn't even getting into like the wrestling specific milieu. In the 1980s, he covered up a murder of Nancy Argentino by Jimmy Superfly Snuka mm-hmm. by claiming that Snuka was not mentally capable of understanding his actions and also bribing the local police. In the 1990s, he was indicted for distributing steroids illegally to his wrestlers. Many of these steroids and the prescription pills that came with them would lead to many of these people dying early deaths. Also in the 1990s, he oversaw essentially a boy sex ring in his yeah. company where several of his top brass were openly fucking 13 and 14 year old boys he fired one of them and then hired them back about six months later the members of his inner circle would remain with him and drawing six-figure paychecks until the very days that they die uh throughout the 1990s he also basically pressured owen hart into doing a stunt that would get him killed and then continued the show and made money off the tribute show the very next night. Rest in peace. Uh, his company's lax policy towards drug testing and healthcare famously led to the Chris Benoit tragedy. Can't pin that one entirely on him, but certainly may as well at this point. The yeah. way he yeah, handled we'll throw it him on that. and the things he encouraged definitely aided with that. He was accused credibly of sexual assault against one of his personal secretaries, which he settled out of court. His wife works with Donald Trump. Vince McMahon is a close personal friend of Donald Trump as well. Quote, unquote, mega donor. Mega donor. He maxed out. Uh, Into 2020, we talked about the way in which, in the midst of a global pandemic, oh, also, he struck a deal with the Saudi royal family to run shows there, including one about three weeks after Jamal Khashoggi was murdered. Yeah. And the way they handle that is just not mentioning that it's in Saudi Arabia, but still going over and running the show. Also, his flight were essentially detained by the Saudi government because there was a dispute in payment, but Vince McMahon left early, so he left all of his workers to basically be held hostage by the Saudi state. (laughs) Jesus. For eight hours. Well, they weren't allowed to leave the plane. That was cool. Uh, In 2020, (laughs) he released over 100 people 
furloughing them without pay because they are classified as independent contractors, which also means he doesn't cover their healthcare costs in a sport mm. that is all about throwing yourself as hard as you can against the ground. Also, the product he is producing is incredibly terrible. He ran a storyline in which uh, basically Antifa was ruining the show, and then they were like, oh, who's leading this Antifa group of like guys in black masks and hoods? And it ended up being the only Muslim wrestler on the roster. Oh, great. <laughs> which That's is so nice. sick. Vince McMahon is one of the most vile pieces of shit to have ever lived. He has fucked over thousands of people throughout his personal and professional life. He's been accused of sexual assault. He has trafficked steroids. He has overseen a negligent company that has seen hundreds of people die way, or not hundreds, dozens of people die way earlier than they should. He is one of the most miserable people on earth, and uh, his death cannot come any sooner than naturally possible. I will tap dance on his grave. He is definitely not the podcast enemy. I'm going to go ahead and disqualify him from the Mm -hmm. running. But in terms of someone who I personally despise, he is up there maybe only second to Megan's pick. Sorry, right. just imagine Jesse RKOing his corpse. Also, yeah, like Vince McMahon <laughs> is ruining the one industry I would like to be involved with as a dream to the point where I'm yeah. like, I'm not working for his fucking blood money Saudi company. Yeah, fuck that. I have more honorable mentions, though. Uh, any politician in the conservative party, but specifically uh, Derek Sloan, <laughs> Ooh, uh, Sam oh, Boosterhoff, the guy choice. that was oh, running yeah. Wexit, who's not a politician, just an idiot. Yeah, yeah, I support, uh, we do support Wexit. Yeah. Oh, O'Toole, yeah. yeah also, anyways. everyone in the liberal party as well. Yes. <laughs> also, the Green Party leadership. Yeah, yeah also anime. anime. <laughs> some classic. <laughs> oh, she's okay. Some classic infighting from our side. Yeah. Anime anyway. <laughs> But yeah, fuck those conservative dudes. Anyway, my top pick, uh, the person I actually, like, I understand what you guys mean by seething rage. I've never hated a person like I hate this person ever in my life. I actually get so incredibly angry when I see his name. Uh, It's Elon Musk, of course. Uh, Mostly because he ruined Grimes for me. So (laughs) that's sort of the main part. That's where the seething comes from. I still listen to her now, but I'm sort of like angry the whole time I'm listening to it. I also don't understand how they're still together. He... This week alone, like, I actually hate him so much, but he has been so transphobic this whole year for no reason, just, like, ruining everyone's lives. Like, just... It makes him seem fucking cool and smart. uh, Did you see the thing where people are like, oh, can you explain why this is funny? And then, like, nobody actually can explain why these jokes are funny. They just do (laughs) it as a signifier. They're not funny. He just posts, like, grade two memes. It's so annoying. And so he's, like, super offensive in general, like, ruining his relationship with his uh, girlfriend and new son who he new named boy. the stupidest thing in the world so I already hate that he has like tried to coup many countries he yeah. is openly talking about on Twitter how he's willing to murder indigenous people so that he can have more lithium. money yeah, like, he needs his lithium yeah. cool he his company's like dog shit doesn't actually make any money <laughs> just like just like yeah. literally bleeds the US government for taxpayer dollars yeah most dollars. of the money that uh, Tesla makes comes from the US government in like stuff Stipends and grants. Yeah. Makes rockets that only exist to explode. Yes, all his shit breaks down immediately. (laughs) Makes cars that just kill people. Was it this year or last year where with the submarine where he called the guy a pedophile? That That was was four years ago. That was last year. That was the the Thai uh they tried to rescue the kids in Thailand. And he called the the diver who saved them a pedophile. (laughs) So fucking. He's like, why do you care so much? Are you like a pedophile? Because he created a child coffin to try and (laughs) save them with. Yeah. He he also just makes like Republican 
Republicans feel smart because he's like an inventor who's a Republican, <laughs> but he can't invent anything good. No, and no he's, he's never so done annoying. anything. And he's also from Queens. Well, yeah. he was at Queens. He's from South Africa, where his father was an emerald mine owner during apartheid era South Africa yeah. as yeah. well. Uh, Bad start. I also just hate so much. It actually makes me angry that he thinks he's like owning the libs all the time and he <laughs> thinks that he's being cool and clever yeah. online, but the stuff he posts is so fucking stupid and not funny. It's embarrassing. And I, what I hate the most is that as mad as I am right now, the people who like him just go like, ha ha, you're mad. Yeah. Even though he's like genuinely like a super villain level evil person. Like he's murdering innocent people in other countries, like meddling in elections to get resources for his stupid company, Shitty which is like cars. actually what they would have as a, as an evil villain in a kid's movie. Like it's this so fucked. This is the fuck. plot of Avatar. Yes. He's also anyway, ugly as fuck too. Like, and I hate him. I just hate zero. him and I hate his face and I hate everyone he speaks to. And I'm mad about Grimes. So. so if I'm assessing, this is my personal ranking. I would put Vince McMahon fourth, because once again, that's just a strictly personal beef. I would actually put Barack Obama third, Elon Musk second, and the mayor first, just because the mayor is someone we can actually beef with <laughs> and actually has the greatest impact out of any of those four people on our lives. I will continue tweeting at Obama every day. And that's fine. <laughs> I think I think it's a close between... Se- I honestly think the top three is close. But I think I think I would submit the mayor as the official. We definitely podcast have talked about enemy. the mayor the most, so he could be the official podcast. Also, beef. I'm afraid I do have to cancel us. Of all of the people that uh, are on our list, none of them are women. Uh, uh, yeah. That's uh, true. They're all white so men. Tired of women. <laughs> uh, well, we miss careful. Joke. <laughs> there's a South African on the list. That's right. <laughs> I thought they were white. But yeah, yeah no, there's. <laughs> uh, we we do. I know there's no women on the list this year. Next year, fingers crossed. Yeah, ladies, ladies, step it up. But yeah, I do want to say that we acknowledge that women can be vicious, horrible monsters Hillary also. Clinton. That would be it's an in their, it's, yeah. in their, it's in their blood. Oh, I did read the excerpt from Rodham about Hillary and Bill fucking in a car. So she does make the dishonorable mentions list. We did cover her briefly. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> Folks, thank you for... Thanks for a great 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. As great a 2020, I think. It is, was great for our pod. That's right. What a year to start, eh? Yeah, yeah. fuck, no kidding. <laughs> We've when had a re- lot to talk about. You reflect back on the early episodes where we're kind of just joking about covid <laughs> yeah yeah it is dated now yeah. it's so funny year. how many so many months can like change someone's opinion on things 11 and yeah. a half months basically yeah. yeah we started with wetsuetten though which was sick that's that was well a technically cool movement we started with the environment yeah and then wetsuetten but tremendous. i just mean that was at the beginning of this year and yes. it's still ongoing by the way yes. sign up for their email list in fact but all of these social justice issues that we've discussed have not stopped they are still continuing. It is a nonstop battle for people to obtain basic fucking rights they should be guaranteed, mm-hmm. or in the case of the Wet'suwet'en, rights they were given and then just unilaterally taken away from yeah. them. And we're still uh, coming Trump. in the new year. I believe that we're all still going to be here to uh, report on these. Oh, That's yeah. right. Yeah, everybody. we're not going anywhere. At least one more year, baby. Let's yeah. go. No, no, we're going until we d- we die. I'm sorry. <laughs> At least one <laughs> more year, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for a great 2020. Yeah, thank um, you. Through the thick and the thin. Love y'all. Yeah. Stay safe. I hope you all had a uh, great, restful, and safe holidays. Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever. And uh, Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy yeah. New Year 2021. Let's get this. Let's get this bag. There's Let's four get the things. bag. Four things we need to normalize, not just for men, but for everyone in 2021. Getting the bag. Being based. Going beast mode. Being a emotional virgin. openness. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Being a virgin. <laughs> if you've already fucked, put it back in there. Let's go. <laughs> this is the year of moral decency and uh, the year in which we will get the mayor 
outed from office. 